This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, June 8th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. On Monday, the president's new threatened tariffs on all Mexican goods may well go into effect. The economic damage could be significant, but is this really a new kind of power grab for a president, particularly this president? Gene Healy, vice president of the Cato Institute, analyzes the legal and constitutional elements of this new threatened tax on Americans. The president has uh, threatened... New tariffs, a 5% tariff on all goods coming in from Mexico that is scheduled to begin on June 10th um, until Mexico solves to the president's satisfaction, I suppose, the uh, border crossings uh, issue uh, into the United States. How uh, is the president planning to to do this? And and by that, I mean, what is he relying on in terms of uh, presidential authority? Yeah, it's never a dull moment uh, in this administration. Uh, he, in his statement on May 30, he invoked the authorities uh, that he says are granted to him by something called the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. And under that act, he claims the power to uh, hike tariffs uh, in a, on a monthly basis, uh, going perhaps all the way up to 25% in October. Uh, if Mexico doesn't uh, crack down on U.S. border crossings to his satisfaction. All right. So uh, how does this differ from the other uh, powers that this White House has assumed that others have have not assumed or at least not done so quite so boldly? There, There are statutory provisions allowing the president to raise tariffs, to declare certain national emergencies. Uh, this seems somehow different. Well, it is. Uh, we talked on this podcast before about uh, the, in, in terms of the use of executive power for a, a self-styled businessman president. Uh, president Trump hasn't really been all that entrepreneurial in the use of executive power. He's uh, like every, like most modern presidents, he's been an imperial president. That's par for the course, but he's mostly. Uh, he he hasn't really, f- in most cases, forged new frontiers in the use of executive power. He's mostly aggressively used authorities that were already expanded by past presidents. And there, up until recently, there were, I'd say, two exceptions to that, uh, areas where there's you could actually call them new executive power grabs. And those were uh, the use of national security powers to impose steel tariffs and, of course, the uh, back in February, the declaration of a national emergency at the border in order to get funding, additional funding that Congress wouldn't give him for his border wall. Well, this new move under the uh, International Emergency Economic Powers Act uh, is a third genuine executive power grab. This is something new. The invocation of the IEEPA uh is this is not a way in which it's been used before. The law was passed in 1977. It was part of a wave of post-Watergate reforms. It was initially actually supposed to rein in presidential emergency powers somewhat. It was narrower than uh, the 19, what preceded it, which is the 1917 Trading with the Enemy Act. Uh, and uh, it is a part of the... Uh, uh, Emergency Powers Reform, the National Emergencies Act, which requires the president to make a formal declaration and identify the uh, authority he's relying on. Uh, 
So even though we, the the IEEPA was supposed to be uh, somewhat narrow, the president's emergency thar- authority, it's still incredibly broad. It empowers the president to, quote, deal with any unusual and extraordinary threat, uh, having its uh, source in, in whole or part outside the United States, uh, to the national security, foreign policy, or economic uh, or economy of the United States. Uh, and he can do that if he first... He can use this act if he first declares a national emergency under the National Emergencies Act. The National Emergency, the the uh, uh, IEEPA, has uh, sort of been uh, it's it grants broad powers, it, but it's been an all-purpose statutory tool for economic sanctions. It's uh, most of the ongoing national uh, emergency declarations and our permanent emergency government uh, rest on this statute. Uh, but it tends to be used against like so-called rogue states. There's a, a emergency declaration dating from 1979, the Iranian hostage crisis that Carter implemented and that's been renewed. It's also used to target you know various uh, international bad guys like uh, drug kingpins, computer hackers, and terrorists. Uh, one thing it has never been used before though, for is to impose tariffs, much less tariffs, comprehensive across the board tariffs on uh, a friendly nation and a major trading partner. So this is a genuine innovation on Trump's part. Yeah, it, it seems uh, odd that there would be, if, if you're using it to prosecute people, that's one thing, but if you're using it to create and uh, creating a contingency that, oh, well, if you meet this target that I have set, then I will remove it. Well, it's even weirder to use it to set trade policy across the board, not with a rogue nation, but uh, you know, with someone you have normal relations with. Uh, and what's also odd about it is uh, you know, there are actual trade statutes that already delegate a staggering amount of authority to the president. You know, one of them is the uh, the statute that Trump used to to uh, impose steel tariffs. Uh, it's a uh, section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act of uh, 1962, and uh, that law says the president can quote adjust imports when his com- when he gets a finding from his commerce secretary that the current levels of imports threaten national security. Uh, so that law is clearly about trade. Talks about restricting imports. Uh, it's a uh, trade is in the title for one thing, um, but the the IEEPA uh, doesn't talk about uh, directly about imposing duties or setting trade policy uh, writ large. It, it says that the president can, uh, when, upon declaring a national emergency, uh, investigate, regulate, or prohibit uh, transactions in foreign exchange or transfers of property in which foreign nationals have an interest. Uh, so the language is very broad, but it, the intent really seems to be uh, directed at targeted economic sanctions, uh, not blanket authority to set trade policy. So, uh, you know, one thing to ponder is why did he do it? Did he not want to bother his Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross and try to get a finding out of him uh, as he did with steel tariffs? Or uh, I think more likely the the way that these two laws are worded, it was too much of a stretch for the administration to say 
as it would have to under the uh, a trade the sixty two Trade Expansion Act that the imports themselves uh, threaten national security or constitute a national emergency because the the imports the you know the business we do with Mexico you know imports of auto parts and cars and beer and avocados they don't actually have anything to do with uh, the supposed crisis. Uh, they don't have anything to do with illegal immigration. They're just a pressure point that the president is using uh, to try to get what he wants out of the Mexican government. So is that legal? <laughs> uh, you know, like many things, uh, it's uh, one of those things we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, there's, there's what... Uh, the intent of the law is, there's what the statute says, uh, there's uh, the constitutional uh, non-delegation doctrine. I think those are all good reasons to uh, to doubt, to, to think that this move is incredibly dubious. Uh, but, uh, you know, the courts have been reluctant to step in and uh, uh overturn a presidential directive or they've, the, the non-delegation doctrine, the idea that uh, Congress cannot uh, simply give away vast swaths of its uh, legislative power without setting down clear rules is something that you know hasn't really had a good year since uh, I think 1935. Uh, so we're going to see if he implements it, uh, can he get away with it? I think the the problem here uh, is, uh, you know, we've Congress has delegated broad authorities, and those authorities are being used by aggressive presidents uh, in ways that they weren't intended. Uh, we've basically empowered. I'm borrowing, borrowing this line from the filmmaker Rob Montz, but we've we've basically empowered this president to start a trade war from his couch, uh, and if we are worried about that, and I think we ought to be worried about it. The, uh, the in this case, the Tax Foundation uh, came out with a research uh, just this week that said that just the initial round of the tar of tariff increases on Mexico could be the the biggest tax hike on consumers in almost thirty years. If we don't want presidents to be able to do that, you know, from their couch uh, with a very few hoops to jump through. Um, I think uh, Congress uh, really has to start reining in some of these authorities. I was about to ask, is there a duly elected uh, branch <laughs> of government that could uh, perhaps, perhaps with some authorities that are superior to the executive branch, actually do something about this? Yeah, well, uh, in theory, there is. And uh, maybe in practice, uh, apparently, uh this may be a, a bridge too far. There's a uh, talk uh, on Capitol Hill that apparently a, a couple of administration officials went in for a, a lunch uh, at the Senate pushing with the Republican uh, conference pushing this idea and they got, uh, they got an earful from the senators. There's a talk about one of the things that uh, they can do is under the National Emergencies Act, they can pass a resolution of disapproval that overturns the national emergency. They tried to do that in March with uh, the national emergency that the president declared to get funding for his border wall. Um, 
but that's a that's a heavy lift. Uh, they need a, a veto-proof majority in order to make that stick. Another idea is what uh, Mike Lee has uh, introduced legislation to do is something called the Article One Act that really changes is designed to change the default setting on emergency powers. The way it works now is the president moves, and then if Congress can muster a veto-proof majority to overturn his action, uh, then they can, you know, which they basically have never done, uh, they can overturn his action. Uh, Lee's act would uh, reverse those presumptions. And, uh, you know, uh, emergency declarations would sunset after 30 days unless they are specifically approved by the legislative body that is supposed to be making the laws in the United States. And I think that's something like that. We can argue about 30 days. Uh, something like that would be a start because, uh, you know, we have uh, for decades now delegated uh, vast amounts of legislative power to the president. And we're starting to see that that authority can be used creatively, aggressively, and maliciously. And uh, if Congress doesn't want to constantly be trying to play catch up, it should get out in front of this problem. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 